Thank you, Carmen, for the introduction. Um, have we? Yes, we are in the middle of a series called God of Jacob. But as Carmen mentioned, uh, myself and my wife, uh, Mariah, we lead youth. Um, the wife thing, that's actually very recent. That's only happened like three months ago. Um, we have a photo up in a second. We got married. Um, it was awesome, a really good day. Um, she's a big part of my life now. Um, <laughs> she was before, don't worry. Um, and then we actually, uh, so yeah, we got married in June um, and then we got a puppy in July. Um, <laughs> his name is Jeremy and he's very cute. He's wearing my hat there. Um, and we're in the puppy training stage at the moment. Uh, I say stage, but apparently puppy training is their whole life. Um, but that's okay. Um, he's actually a very clever little boy. Um, we got him doing some tricks for us. He sits and he, um, we can get him to give you his paw. Uh, he's a golden retriever, so he's uh, food orientated even more so than myself. <laughs> um, and for those of you who know me, that's hard to do, hard to beat. Awesome, but enough about me. We are in the middle of a series called uh, The God of Jacob. Nathan, last week, last week he preached a message um, and, it, and its title was A Promise Made is a Promise Kept out of Genesis 25, 23 about the promise that was given to Esau and Jacob at their birth and the fruition of that um, as their life happens. And it got me thinking about promises. You know, the word promise is chucked around quite a fair bit these days. Oh, I promise. I promised um, someone at work on <laughs> yesterday that I would do something before I left and then I got called into a meeting and didn't do it. I felt really bad afterwards, but that's okay. Um, but and it got me thinking about promises. So this morning we're going to look at uh, what, the what the purpose of a promise is, um, who is the promiser, and how we can respond to a promise. So I've named the title of my message, uh, The Purpose of a Promise. Why don't you just pray with me uh, before I begin. Lord, I thank you that this is a word um, in season and for this congregation. I thank you that it's actually taught me a lot along the way, and I'm preaching to myself more so than any of you guys. Um, Lord, I thank you that each and every person in this room would take something away, um, and that we would, by the end of it, have a better understanding of the purpose of your promises and how we could or should or shall respond to them. Awesome. So this morning, um, as Nathan went through Genesis 25 um, and the birth, I want to skip a bit ahead to Genesis 28, verse 10 to 15. So we've just got a bit of reading to start us off with. Verse 10 says, Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran. That's important. And we'll get back to that later. Uh, so he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head. And he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed. And behold, a ladder was set up on the earth and its top reached heaven and there was angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Similar to what Jane had visioned for this church um, last week she came up and shared. Um, I encourage you to actually ask her about that dream. Well, it wasn't a dream, she was fully awake. It was more of a vision. Um, ask 
I encourage you to ask her about that after the service. And behold, the Lord, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Just in itself, that is an amazing promise that God gives us, but we're actually going to unpack it and explore it. So what's the purpose of a promise? Very simple. The purpose of a promise is that we might be led to he who made the promise. You know, um, promise, they have like immediate um, things that we get from them. It might, you might feel encouraged, you might feel equipped, you might feel loved, but there's actually a bigger purpose of why God gives us his promises. And that is that we might be led back to him. So you know how I told you about Jeremy? I actually chucked that. Jeremy is our dog, by the way. A puppy, he's got a very human name, Jeremy. Um, when we went to training for the first time, they're like, oh, we have not had a Jeremy in here before, but that's cool. Um, Jeremy, our puppy. Um, so I told you that we train him and he does cool tricks and stuff, but that's not why we train him. The reason that we train him isn't so that he would do those things for us, but it's actually so that he would recognize and respond to our voice. Because we actually... Uh, have the ability to lead him and we have the ability to actually guide him and keep him safe. So the fact that he gets a treat for sitting isn't so much so that we just like him to sit. It's actually so that he would respond and recognise our voice. Because if we are at the side of the road and he goes to cross, I can tell him to stop, wait and sit. That's actually for his benefit, more so than just the little treat that he gets that he thinks that that's the reason why he's sitting. And it's the same way the purpose of God's promises is that so we would be led to him. You know, Genesis 28, 13 says, And behold, the Lord Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and your descendants. And now this is where we think that the promise might be. Also your descendants shall be on the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south, and in you and in your seed all the families on the earth shall be blessed. If you know Jacob's story, what you'll realise is that they were on the road, remember? He was, I say road, it was not a road. It was up and down paths and mountains from Beersheba to Haran. Does anyone want to hazard, I've always wanted to say that word, hazard a guess as to how far that is? That's 750 kilometres, a walk. And the reason that he was going there was because Isaac, his father, said, actually, no, you're not allowed to marry anyone other than girls from this tribe, this town. In, um, we call it Haran. It's got a bigger name. That's a shorter word for the name. I can't remember the name. It would take me a couple of minutes to find it in the Bible. But, um, so that's the purpose. So he was on his way. I used to complain about an hour drive to see Mariah in the Barossa. That's an hour. Jacob was on a 750-kilometre journey to find his wife. So when we read that scripture and God appears to him and says, also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth, it's like, if I was, if I was Jacob, I'd be like, awesome. That means that there is a wife for me on the other side because to have descendants means that you've had children. Yeah. 
And to have children in this culture, you needed to have a wife. Um, so there's, that, there's a bit of the promise fulfilled there. Um, and in you and in your seed, all the families on the earth shall be blessed. That's, that's a bit of the promise. But I, wanna, um, I believe that the purpose of the promises made to Jacob on that walk was so that he would have a revelation of who God is for himself. The scripture says, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Jacob, uh, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. It was no longer about the fact that, the, that Jacob, uh, Jacob looked at God as the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac. It was then personal and about him. It was the, it was the God of Jacob in that moment. For us, we need to understand that God has a purpose for the promises he makes. So if the, prom- if the purpose of a promise is that we would be led to him who made the promise, who is the promiser? Who is he? Um, that's such a big question we could spend the entire year preaching on that. Who is God? Because that's the answer. I've got in my notes, God. <laughs> God is the promiser. But I think we can go a level deeper than that. So you discover the characteristics of him through the promises in which he makes. You discover him and who he is through his promises. You know, we sang a song before called The Blessing, and I actually requested that we sing that because um, the artist, the worshipper, I'll call her a worshipper because she's more of a worshipper than she is an artist. The worshipper behind that song is Kari Job. And she tells of this an amazing story where um, she's actually she's very popular within the Christian music charts and within the Christian music industry, you could call it. Um, and she's doing great. She's writing songs. Um, she's on the, on the top of the charts. And she said... Um, that she was in a session once, someone was preaching a message, and she was sitting there basking in the Holy Spirit. And God said to her, you haven't figured me out just yet. What a testimony that is. A worship leader who has, taught, has, has songs at the top of the charts, of the, Christ, of the Christian charts, she hasn't even figured God out just yet. And I bring that up because it would be so easy for me to stand up here and just say, who is the promiser? The promiser is God. But we are, we are on a never-ending journey to discover his full characteristics. He is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow and forever, but we can't fully comprehend exactly who he is. So we need to be led and journey and go together on that trip. And one of the ways we do that is through the promises in which he makes. So I want to specifically look at Jacob, because you could do this anywhere in the Bible, just about. You could look at the promises he makes and then pull out characteristics of God through that. But because we're preaching on the God of Jacob, let's look back at that story again. So we'll look at the promise made to Jacob, and then we'll look at the characteristic that that um, actually shows us to explore together. He says, the land on which you lie, I'll give to you and your descendants. 
that speaks of God's authority. That's one of his characteristics. You know, the land on which you lie, I'll give to you and your descendants. If you remember before, I told you he was on a 750-kilometre journey. And they're halfway because he came down to lay and rest. And then he has this dream and visit, um, and God visits him. So he's on the journey. He's like halfway. He's probably at Port Augusta. He's 300 k's away, um, potentially, from his home. And God says to him and gives him a promise that that land would be a land on which his descendants lie on. That speaks of God's authority. He has authority over what happens. He has authority over who he gives what. (laughs) And then it says, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You know, um, back in that time, the people who were prosperous and the people who had wealth, they had big families, right? However many kids you had was actually a reflection of your prosperity. So it says, he says, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. That speaks of God's prosperity. In you and in your seed, all the families on the earth shall be blessed. God is generous. He is generous. He says, I am with you. He's intimate. One of his characteristics is intimate. He says, I will keep you wherever you go. He is our protector. You know, I'm not just saying these things because uh, it's like it's a cool comparison between the scripture and the characteristics and stuff, but it's because I am discovering this too. Along the journey, I have discovered that he has authority. I have discovered that he is, pros- he is prosperous. I've discovered that he's generous. And I've done that through learning and reading the scriptures. He says, I will bring you back to this land. Once again, that speaks of his prosperity and his authority. I will not leave you until I've done what I have spoken to you. You know, God is loyal. He doesn't turn his back on you. He is loyal. You discover his characteristics through the promises he makes. So this morning, even if you know the Lord, even if you know the Lord and you read the scriptures, I invite you and encourage you to continue to find out his promises. Continue to look in, dig deep, find out what God says to you and find out what he's promised you because it might just be that he wants to reveal another aspect of his character. What are some of the promises you know? What are some of the promises you know? You know, we're able to do this process ourselves. When we read the scripture and his promises, here's some questions you might want to ask yourself along the way. What characteristic of God is being expressed in this promise? Are they congruent with the rest of scripture? Because he's the same yesterday, today, tomorrow and forever. So his character is congruent throughout all the scripture. Who is the promise being made to and has it come to fruition? Because if it's in this text, what you'll find is that majority of the promises that God made to his people, you can actually skip a few. We actually get to look back in history and we get to skip to find out what had happened. You know, the promises about his descendants being as, um, what did he say? The exact words, how did he say it? Your descendants being uh, as the dust of the earth. You keep going and you find out that Jacob gets 
to where he's meant to go and he gets two wives and there's a massive ordeal. Anyways, by the end of it, he has lots and lots and lots of kids. Lots of kids. You listening, love? <laughs> Just joking. So how can we respond to a promise? You know, the definition of respond is to do something as a reaction to someone or something. I love that. The definition of response is to do something as a reaction to someone or something. It's our responsibility to do something. He has made his promises. You know, he keeps making promises, though. Just because the text, the text has a lot and a lot of promises um, from God. I haven't actually picked a very great page to show you. It's not very highlighted, but that's okay. Um, it's not very pretty, no. <laughs> um, but he actually makes promises to us in person because the Holy Spirit is alive, um, he is well, he's moving, and he actually has the authority to make promises to us as well. The promises that the Holy Spirit makes to us when he speaks to us are actually directly from God himself. But what you should be able to find is you should, you should be able to find that they're congruent with his character reflected in the rest of the promises that he makes throughout the scripture. So I just want to take a moment to look at Jacob's response. In Genesis 28:16. So this is after God visits him in his crazy night. That uh, would have been a very long night, I think. It would have been like, what the heck is going on? This is crazy. And then it says, then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. And, I, and he was afraid and said, not the Lord, the Lord wasn't afraid. Um, Jacob was afraid. And he said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and he took the stone that he had put at his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. That was Jacob's response. So Jacob's response to the promises that he had made wasn't that he would just go out and find a wife and have kids and then all of a sudden that promise would be fulfilled that his descendants would be as the dust of the earth. No, Jacob's response was that he would be led and to seek him for himself. He said, and then he called, uh, he called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of that city had been Luz before. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in this way, uh, in this way that I'm going, and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on, so that I come back to my father's house in peace. Then the Lord shall be my God. Jacob's response to the promise he had received was to make the Lord his God. The Lord was no longer the God of Abraham. It was no longer the God of Isaac. It was his God. That's the purpose of a promise. The purpose of a promise is that we might be led to him who made the promise. You know, it requires action. It was the physical building and naming of a place. Bethel means house of God. Jacob's response was to build his house. So when we hear from God and we hear a promise that he's made, we need to choose to respond. You know, our response will be different for the promise that he's made. Not every response, I can't get up here and give you a one, two, three. This is what you've got to do. I mean, you might seek counselling and we can help you do that. But there's promises uh, that he's made that will always have two things in common. 
Those two things will be that you'll be led closer to him. The promises in which he makes actually bring you closer to him and that it will actually bring others closer to him too. The promises he makes always involves others getting to know him. So that is our responsibility. It's our responsibility to choose to respond. So as we wrap this up, I might grab Jord up here. As we wrap this up, I just want to remind you of what we've gone through. We've, we've discovered the purpose of a promise. God doesn't just put promises in place for the sake of tickling our ears or for the sake of making... Like one of the benefits of the promises that He makes, don't get me wrong, is that we feel loved, is that we feel encouraged. Jacob would have felt encouraged on the journey that he was going by the promise that his, his line would have thousands and thousands and thousands as the dust is on the earth that he that would be something that he received but that wasn't the purpose of the promise the purpose of that promise that God gave Jacob would be that so would be so that he would come into relationship and would be led to the father himself you know we had a look at who the promiser is in context of Jacob's story because I don't want to say that we, we did it, we figured out who the promiser is because we'd be here for days and I don't think we'd ever get there completely. I don't think we'd ever get there. But we had a look at who he is in context of the story of Jacob. You know, he is intimate. He wants to know you. You know, he does provide for you. What was some of those? He is generous. Uh, he is our protector. He is loyal. These are all promises that point to the characteristics of God through, that, uh, through the promises he made to Jacob. And then I, I didn't really help you with how to respond to a promise, but it's sort of more of the fact that the things to look out for are the fact that God will always, uh, at the end of the promise and throughout the promise, the purpose of it is that we would be led closer to him and that others would be led closer to him along the way. And that the, the how we do that, I encourage you to get people alongside you. Tell people the promises that you've received from God um, to help you along the way. You know, that's individual, um, but the things in common are that we get led closer to God and others get led to Him as well. You know, this process can be done throughout all of Scripture, just about. Anytime you find a promise that God's made, you can do just this exactly. And as we, we wrap up, I want to do it with you again. But we're going to skip, we're going to jump to the New Testament. We're going to jump to a very famous scripture of John 3.16. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, perish but have eternal life. You know, that's a promise from God. That's a promise. It reveals God's love for humanity and His desire to be in relationship with us. And I want to give you an opportunity to respond to that promise. The promise of, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, one and only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him 
shall not perish but have eternal life. You know, the promise is the believes part. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And that can be interpreted differently from different churches. But the way we do that in this church is that we declare that, the, that God, that Jesus Christ died on a cross for our sins. He paid the penalty and bridged the gap between heaven and earth. He bridged the gap between humanity and him. And when he did that, when we accept him as our Lord and Saviour and we repent of all our sins, that we actually come back into relationship with him and we begin our journey of belief and begin our journey of following Jesus. So right now I want to give you an opportunity to respond to that promise because the response to that promise can be, Lord Jesus, I want to, I want to know you. I want to get to know you. I want to give my life to you. So if that is you this morning, whether you're in person, here, or online, uh, why, don't, why don't you just raise your hand right now to receive that? And we'll pray a prayer together, inviting Jesus in and doing the things that I just said we'd do. The key part being beginning our journey with Him. So if that's you, why don't you just lift up your hand now? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Awesome. I see that hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, church, why don't we pray that prayer together and just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died on a cross. It wasn't just any cross, though. It was the cross that bridged heaven and earth when you rose from the dead. Lord, I believe in you as my Lord and Saviour. From this day forward, I call myself a Christ follower. I thank you, Lord and look forward to living a relationship with you. <laughs> Sorry, that was very poor by me. Till, till I die, till the day, till my last days. All right, amen, 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 amen. I got, I got lost there, apologies, apologies. <laughs> All good.